Good morning, folks. Welcome to It's a Religion, the podcast that seeks to encourage you in your faith if you have some, to uh, draw you into the faith if you don't, and uh, explain the world from the perspective that there are two things, two faiths that you can have in this world. One uh, is a faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingship and his lordship and what he did in coming to earth 2,000 years ago to save us um, and to give you true life or the other, everything else. So we come to you live from the divided states of America and to the republic for which they stand, two nations under God, quite divided with liberty and justice for some or at least the connected. Um and that, I might have to change that because our justice system actually has been working lately. Uh, this kid in uh, Wisconsin who was defending himself at a rally with a gun uh, got let off for shooting a couple people who were uh, an obvious threat to his life. And uh, um, the Mr. Smollett in Chicago got his just desserts for faking a... Um, an attack on himself. And so it's going to be interesting. I, you know, today's scripture actually talks about that a little bit. But welcome, Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you. Um, you can reach us at Ehud at itsareligion.org. And for some reason, my dog is freaking out. Anyway, I'm back. Sorry about that. A little delay. Um, so here at, uh, at It's a Religion, we like to look at things from a, a standpoint of faith. Why, why do people do the things they do? Why do they believe what they believe? Um, how it affects how we can live our lives. Uh, we want to encourage you in your faith. Like I said, if, uh, if you do put your faith and trust in Christ, um, hopefully this is a place you can be encouraged on a daily basis. Um, we hope that, uh, these are fairly quick hitting things. Uh, I'm not going to talk for three hours on a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but, uh, we just enjoy this. It encourages me, I know, to think about this on a daily basis, to read scripture, to, uh, you know, if you are someone of faith, then I encourage you to be in your Bible every day and reading God's word because it changes you. It makes you be a, diff a different person than you would be. Uh, without uh, being in it. So with that, we always start in the book of a book of the Bible, um, reading through Scripture. And we're going through the book of Matthew right now. We're in Matthew 26, which is a long chapter. Um, and he had just finished, finished a bunch of sayings. And uh, he talks about the fact that he's going to be betrayed and crucified. Um and all the chief priests create an assembly and uh, come out to get him. I'm not going to read this verbatim, but um, he goes through uh, at the Last Supper, starting in verse 27. It says, and he took a cup and gave it to them. And, uh, or wait a minute, he, let me go back. As they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples to take, eat. This is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them. It says, drink all of you, all of it, 
For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit to the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And then they sung a hymn and they went out to the Mount of Olives. And he was explaining to them the fulfillment, basically, of the Mosaic Law. When you look at uh, all the sacrificial system that was in place for the Jews to cover their sin with animal blood, Jesus here says, nope, this is it. I'm going to fulfill what was truly needed, which was a perfect sacrifice, and that God will be able to accept that um, to cover the sin of everyone. Um, why it has to be that way, uh, I don't know. It's just the way God set it up. And if you believe that he created everything, and that's what he, his designs were for his creation, then it makes sense that that's the tenet you have to follow. Um, you know, you can number countless examples. You know, if somebody designs a switchblade, uh, you're not going to be able to shoot something with it. Um, if somebody has a slingshot, you're not going to be able to shoot an arrow with that. Um, so if you're designed to worship the one true God, anything else you do is going to be false or not work. It's just not going to work the way that you think. And there are countless examples of that in our society today. There's, there's so much worship of the medical community, of um, you know, evolution uh, and the tenets of it that uh, it just it makes us sad here, at, and it's a religion. But this, uh, this chapter goes on, and uh, he, uh, Jesus is very distraught about what's about to happen to him, which makes a lot of sense, and he's praying and out in a quiet place. But then at some point, verse 46, he said, Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that does betray me. So Judas had gone out and uh, gotten this collection of folks. And uh, Jesus uh, comes to them. They come to him, and Jesus says, Friend, where, do you, where are you from? And they came and laid hands and, on Jesus and took him in. Behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant high priest of the high priest and, and uh, stroke off his ear. And Jesus said, Put again your sword into its place, for all that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thank you that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give you more than twelve legions of angels. But now, but how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? And that same hour Jesus said to the multitudes, Our all of you come out against a thief with swords and staves in order to take me. I sat daily with you, teaching you in the temple, and all of you laid no hold on me. But all this was done, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled, and all the disciples forsook him. And that's another thing people don't realize. He fulfilled a ton of scripture. And um, Hang on a minute. I'll be right back. That's the coffee maker in the background. Oh, yeah. We like coffee here. It's a religion. 
So this chapter goes on, um, and they take him to the high priest, and the high priest arose and said to him, Answer you nothing? What is it which these witness against you? Because he had said, uh, you know, they're able to destroy the temple of God, and he'd build it in three days. But Jesus held his peace, and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you be the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, You have said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter all of you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. And the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of witnesses? Behold, now all of you have heard this blasphemy. What think all of you? I answered and said, He is guilty of death. And they spit in his face and buffeted him, uh, saying, Prophesy unto us, Christ, who is it that stroke you? So they're making fun of him at this point, um, trying to get him riled up, I think, and get him to make a mistake, which was their purpose in a lot of ways. And when you look at how our government lately is treating its citizens, um, you know, I think in particular about this January 6th event where they call it an armed insurrection and they're throwing these people in jail and uh, not giving them the proper treatment, the due process that is due all Americans. Um, irregardless, you know, if, if they did, if they broke a window or did something they shouldn't have, then yeah, they deserve punishment. There's no doubt, but there, nobody was armed. Not one person that went into that Capitol building um, was armed. And for them to call it an armed insurrection is, is uh, ridiculous. But, you know, there's more and more of that going on. You know, uh, the government targeting parents that are basically just standing up for their rights to redress their government at school board meetings. Um, it's pretty interesting. So then Peter goes through this whole thing where Jesus had told him he was going to deny him. And I think it speaks to a, uh, God is giving us an example here of how easily we can deny our faith um, when we're pressured about it. When, some, you know, we're, when we think that someone's going to think ill of us um, for having faith, for expressing our faith. And the left, Satan, uh, has used this uh, exorbitantly in our society over the last 40, 50, 60 years. Um, to squelch faith in the public domain, trying to say somehow that if you're somehow attached to the government, you can't express faith in any shape or form, which is basically atheism. But even then, that's expressing a faith. So, you know, the government, by saying you can't establish a religion, has actually established a religion, which is called atheism or secular humanism, or whatever you want to call it. But... At the end, Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock grew, you shall deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly, and he repented of his sin in that regard. And, you know, Peter then becomes a bold witness for Christ um, after the resurrection. So, you know, I think that speaks to some of the ups and downs. Those of us who have put our faith in Christ have gone through. Um, to, to uh, have our faith grow, to be more solidified in what we believe. Um, you know, my wife and I, we've moved around a fair amount in the last 20 years. I've gone to different churches, different uh, sects of the Christian faith, um, or I don't know what you call them. 
I always forget the word. But I grew up uh, in the Catholic faith, and um, but we've gone to Presbyterian Church, Baptist Church, Bible Church, um, you name it. I think uh, um, we've probably been there or gone to one of their services. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I have a, I think God has helped me have a more reasoned perspective on what faith is, how to walk it out, um, and realize that not everybody's going to see it the same way. And I don't know that God intended it to be. You know, in the parable of the talents, the last chapter, um, we realize that God gives everybody different gifts, and everybody has different gifts. Everybody's made with different. You know, I look at my two sons, and they're, you know, a lot opposite. Um, my one son's more slow and methodical and reasoned and measured, very focused when he wants to be, and the other one is much more boisterous, much more opinionated. Um, you know, life of the party type guy. And so it's it's easy to see how how these things vary. Um, and it's, you know, I think it's a beautiful thing. It's God, uh, God's design in us coming out. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool, I think, the way God designed us and, and his image um, with a purpose in mind that we fulfill so um, with that let's look at some of the current events and I thought it was interesting there's kind of a theme today uh, around this idea of denying God um, one of the things that that the areas where God is denied uh, quite a bit unless somebody's filming a Christian movie is in Hollywood, and there's, you know, a lot of leftist ideology out there um, and promotion of it. And there's a guy named Denzel Washington, who most people know. Um, he said this recently. He said, we're living in a time where people are willing to do anything to get followed. What is the long and short-term effect of too much information? It's going to be fast and, and be, can be manipulated, obviously, in a myriad of ways, and people are led like sheep to slaughter, Washington added. His focus has become more heaven-bound. There are going to be two lines, the long line and the short line, and I'm interested in being in the short line. You know, Jesus himself said there was uh, a wide way and a narrow way, and... Uh, a narrow way is hard. It's harder to stand for what you believe in a lot of times, to um, fight with Goliath, right? David um, having the courage to do that. You know, our government, again, right now, is trying to turn the United States people into subjects, which is what governments desire, uh, it seems like. People that get into government want power, and want influence, and um, control. And that's really what the whole COVID experience is about. You know, the disease is 90, I don't know, whatever the recovery rate is at this point, but it's 98 point, 99 point something. And, uh, good morning, Ethan. Good morning, Dad. Want to say good morning? Good morning, people. Mm. Whoa. Ethan has a knack for building really cool stuff out of Legos. Good job. I'm almost done. I'll come watch a Bible show with you. Um, so again, the the COVID, the COVID narrative, uh, you know, you can see it on its face. The vaccines don't work, so now you have to get another booster and another booster and another booster. 
instead of looking at therapeutics and things that really do uh, help once you get the disease and to live in fear that, you know, you're going to die. Well, guess what? You're going to die sooner or later. And if God takes you home by COVID, well, that's, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, I had the thing and I had it pretty bad for a couple of days um, to where I couldn't even go to the bathroom without breathing, having a hard time breathing, feeling like I was going to pass out. And I was pretty distraught a little bit, but I don't know. I When I think about it now, I don't think I ever really gave up hope or had a feeling like, oh man, this is it. I just thought, okay, I got to do something about this. And we got on therapeutics and within a couple of days, everything had turned around and I was heading back toward normal. So praise God for that. But there are ways to treat this thing that don't require a shot. And for, you know, from what I understand, in order to have an emergency use situation like we have, there can't be other treatments, which is why, you know, the FDA and some of these people have basically lied to the American people in the world to say there aren't any other treatments. You have to use the shot. And so there's, there's a spiritual battle behind all of this, um, one in which is a godless, uh, faithless uh, set of rules uh, and institutions. When you look at the, the Chinese communists, which is where a lot of this stems from, I believe, because they're the ones that released this on the world. I think there's a back channel that's going on here uh, where people are trying to get control uh, and basically run the world like the like China is run right now. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I think the fact that our government was established with uh, states' rights in mind and that the federal government only has so much power. They and they usurp a lot of it through the bureaucracies and things that they've created. Um, and I think we should get rid of probably half of it um, through peaceful means. Uh, but it's it's going to be interesting. So anyway, there's so much um, masks protecting people from COVID narrative debunked by viral immunologist Dr. Byron Brittle. Well, there's so many studies out that talk about the fact that masks don't really stop anything. And we've been wearing them for two years, and it's still going, folks. You know, when are you going to stop trusting in man and start uh, walking in faith? But then we also have a, uh, a situation came up in a plane, apparently. A guy, uh, before the plane made an emergency landing in Oklahoma Pennington's entire view on society ran about white men and just as overall hatred for America was recorded in a video, Pennington can be seen fighting with Air Marshal as the officer tries to calmly get him to sit down. Still wanting to fight back, yell, scream, the Air Marshal finally uses zip ties to restrain Pennington in his seat. So here's a guy that's flying in a plane freely from Washington, D.C. to California, and gets up and starts ranting about how terrible this country is. So, you know, media people, words mean things. And when you keep pounding people with this idea that white people hate black folks just because of the color of their skin, you know, I, it's, it's caused a lot of problems over the years. And, you know, there's a lot of reverse racism now. If you, I, and I don't even call it that. I would say reverse culturalism. 
because there's only one race, people. We get, you know, I think if people could get that through their heads, that just because a guy's skin color is darker than yours doesn't mean he's of a different race. He, he's not. He's a human. There's one race, human beings, period. That's the race that God gave us. And within that uh, race, there are many different cultures. There's different um, people groups. There's different ways to believe uh, about how this life is structured and how it should be lived out. Um, and some people are uh, bad towards other people, but it's not because of their skin color. I mean, in some cases, maybe it is. Maybe a person simply looks at somebody else and says, oh, they're X, so I'm going to hate them. And in this case, that's exactly what this guy is doing. White people are evil because you have white skin. Really? You don't know me personally at all. You have no idea what I believe, what I think. But, you know, here's that same thing that, that Denzel is talking about. Somebody standing up, you know, you need to listen to me. Uh, and so on and so forth. And it's it's just a cancer on our society. It really is. So let's see, I'll end with this today. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, who loves to get up and lie to all of us every day, uh, suggested Friday that it's okay for kids to eat their lunches outside in cold temperatures in an effort to maintain safety amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Asked where the White House... Wanted school children to get back to a more normal experience. Pisaki insisted schools are having children practice social distancing measures, mask up, and eat their snacks and lunch in frigid outdoor temperatures in an effort to keep their kids safe and keeps students safe. And I laugh because that has nothing to do with following science. Science says that kids don't die from this thing. One out of every million people, million kids that get it might have an issue and I would bet that kid had uh, mitigating circumstances so if that's a fact then keep that kid home or do something else but leave the rest of them alone oh there's so much you know the Democrats come out and say don't believe misinformation about COVID don't believe misinformation about shots and yet they're the ones feeding us mis misinformation every day and the Democrats are genius about coming out and blaming others for doing what they're doing. So this has nothing to do with keeping kids safe. It's creating a mindset in them that it's okay to be controlled. It's okay to, uh, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the public school system anyway. I think it ought to be disbanded. Schools ought to be private. Uh, you know, just like it used to be back in the day, someone would come set up shop to teach kids. And if you wanted to send your kid there, you would. Uh, and usually paid the teacher something for doing so. And it was a private enterprise. And, you know, when public school institutions got established, that was the start of the downfall of this country. Because uh, the left has taken them over. And if you send your kid to a public uh, government school, I, you're asking for it. Because you're going to get taught the religion of secular humanism and everything that comes with it. You're going to get taught the, uh, the, religion, the religion of evolution and everything that comes with it. And so, you know, have fun with that. It doesn't surprise me that they do stuff like this that doesn't make sense, that doesn't fix anything. It's not really protecting kids. It's just teaching them that, uh, you know, they need to walk in fear their whole lives, right? Not faith. 
So that's really, at, at the end of the day, that's the battle going on here. The spiritual battle is fear versus faith. Faith in Satan, which is fear. Faith in God, which is faith. Which is trusting him with your life. Trusting him that if it's your time, it's your time. Trusting him that, you know, this thing is going to pass. And we don't need a vaccine. We don't need Tony Fauci. We don't need uh, Joe Biden to tell us all what to do. You know, we can figure it out. And parents can with their kids. Not every parent. There's exceptions to these rules. Not every parent's going to be a good parent. But for the most part, that's not the public's business to tell parents how to raise their children. It's up to the parent. And if the parent doesn't do the job, if the parent um, circumvents that responsibility that they have towards their children, then society has a responsibility to try and correct that. I would, you know, but that has to be proven. It has to be shown. And it's unfortunate that anybody would, would not uh, take that responsibility seriously. But again, you know, you have two faiths in this life, faith in Christ. And if you really, truly have faith in Christ, you're going to parent in a good way. You're going to teach kids to love others, to take care of others, to be others-minded and not be self, self, self all the time. Which I know my wife and I, we talk about that a lot. And we struggle sometimes to figure out good ways to, to give examples of that to our children. But... You know, we're certainly not going to allow them to do things that are detrimental to others' health. And we're not going to do things detrimental to their health. But uh, exposing them to COVID or chicken pox or something like that is not detrimental to their health. That's been proven over and over again. So get off it with the mass and all this stuff trying to control kids. It's awful what they're doing. So... There's one place to find peace, hope, joy, and true love and true life. And that's in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't know him yet, let us know. Ehud at itsareligion.org. We'll be happy to help you uh, get resources you need to get to know him. Um, find a good church to go to, one that preaches from the word of God, not something else. And... Uh, you know, here in the, the middle of the Christmas season with that two weeks away and thinking about our Savior coming to earth so many years ago. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. So have a blessed day and a uh, super weekend, and we'll hope to uh, see you soon down the road. time of year it's Christmas time there's something in the air there's a little bit of heaven everywhere